Welcome to Boxes and Lines, a different kind of finance podcast from a different kind of stock exchange. Featuring IEX founder Ronan Ryan and Chief Market Policy Officer John Ramsey. Now here to give you the straight talk on how the markets really work. It's Ronan and JR. Welcome everybody to the latest episode of Boxes and Lines. Welcome to Boxes and Lines. Welcome to the Daily Brew, the brains of the brew. Yeah, we, we, we told you this would happen. Don't yeah. worry. Uh, so the, today... Got, J- it out of, got it out of my system. We're all yeah, good. Yeah, he got it out. Today, JR and I are delighted to have Neil Freeman and Toby Howell from Morning Brew Newsletter and Morning Brew Daily Podcast. They're one of our rivals, but they do this daily, so... Well, I don't think they really qualify as rivals. rivals. They have millions uh, of listeners. Yes, we have a yes. few. We have a few less than that, but... And we'll get to that. I'm taking notes today. Yeah. So mm-hmm. since its inception as a newsletter in 2017, Morning Brew has carved out a unique space in the media landscape by distilling dry and complex business and financial news into something digestible and engaging for a wider audience. That's that's what we thought we were doing, but probably <laughs> unsuccessfully did with our wonky <laughs> shit. But uh, Neil and Toby have been instrumental in this process, helping turning Morning Brew into a daily essential uh, read and podcast for millions, millions. So whether you're deeply entrenched in the financial world or just curious about how business news can be made more approachable, this box on the lines is for you. Welcome, Neil and Toby. Welcome, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for having us. <laughs> We've locked the door so you can't leave. <laughs> They're looking at each other like, is there an eject button here? Yes, no. What, what we, have we, we done? They, they have done us the, the honor of being here in person. And so, um, and I'll give a quick background on both yeah. of them. Neil is managing editor, joined in 2017 with a background in geography and urban planning, classical music pianist as a kid. Very good. Well, wow. very mediocre. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how that yeah, got yeah, in yeah, on Yeah, 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 yeah. But, well, I got I got one for you, Toby. Uh, he started as writer. He was former captain of the Brown soccer team. I'm a massive soccer fan. Are you a? Did, is that a surprise too that we know this? I'm a United supporter. So and I'm Liverpool. Oh, There's a little yeah. tension in the in the podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you know what go. though. But yeah. the good thing in this day and age is United are fairly crap at the moment. Yeah, so fairly. Yeah, extremely <laughs> yeah. crap. Yeah. So so I'll I'll be nice if you said Chelsea or Man City. I'd probably yeah let you out. <laughs> I we were locked in. I know nothing yeah. about yeah. soccer, but yeah. I did. But I did see the um, show on Beckham. Uh, the oh. right. I see that, which I thought Actually, was very interesting. Did you guys see that? That was pretty good. Yeah, Incredible. I just saw the memes. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. yeah, great as a United fan, it made me feel good about the the glory days. Yeah, it, well, that's when they were fantastic. But anyway, I'm going to ask the first question, and we'll kick this off for our listeners who may not be familiar with you guys because they're absolute fanboys of us. Can you give us a brief overview of Morning Brew? It's founding story and how it's going to become such a popular newsletter and podcast. And JR is going to probably ask you seven times today, how do we monetize shit like you? So yeah, that's fine. We'll get that out to, early to too. Sell ads. Yeah. Sell I guess ads. I can go since I've been at, I've been at Morning Brew a little bit longer, but Morning Brew started nearly a decade ago at the University of Michigan by these two guys. Also. Oh, go blue. Go yeah, blue. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a big time for He's Morning a Brew. Yeah. Guy. So right. it started at more, uh, the University of Michigan by these two guys, Alex yeah. Lieberman and Austin Reef. Uh, it started as really a digest of the Wall Street Journal. Alex created this PDF because it was his senior year. There were people who were interviewing for investment banking roles and banking roles. And one of the, I've never interviewed for any of those kind of <laughs> positions before, yeah. but apparently they ask you what's going on in the financial world. What yeah. stocks do you like? What's going on? Nobody was reading the Wall Street Journal or the Financial Times. So Alex put together this PDF that was basically a simple digest of what was going on. Uh-huh. People loved it. It spread across campus. It spread across multiple campuses. And then in 2017, Austin and Alex joined forces and they were like, 
Maybe this is a business. They looked at other newsletter companies like the Skim that was that were monetizing yep. newsletters, which we can talk about, and and podcasts. <laughs> uh, and then they turned it into a business. Hired a few writers like me, and uh, things kind of grew from there because it was just a compelling product that fit a really uh, a need that people needed to know information. And the legacy media outlets out there just weren't catering to young people. So it's so. so- Really directing um, your attention to Gen X through Zers. Um, and uh, Toby, when did you join? That? So Neil actually hired me originally as a writer. I reported to him. He was the managing editor of the newsletter. I was a writer under him. Did that for a few years, actually left the company and then stayed friends with everyone. Austin kind of texted me one day, say, hey, we're, we're launching this podcast come in and do a, a host test, see what it's like. And Neil was the kind of locked in as a co-host and they just kept inviting me back essentially. And now uh, we have Morning Brew Daily, which is kind of the extension of the newsletter in podcast form a little bit. It's, it's kind of crazy. It took us this long to launch a daily podcast as well, <laughs> but we've been at it for just about a year now. Um, and yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> well, it, it obviously is a lot of work. Oh, actually, yeah. I listened yeah. to the one that you, you guys did this morning um, even, so you're like fresh from that. Um, and we talked about some of those topics, but that's like a lot of work to like pull together all of the data. I mean, you've got to have a fair totally. amount of help. We do have a lot of help. We have a great team behind us. We have audio people, technical director, producer, assistant producer, who's because we produce the show not only for audio, but for YouTube as well, because that's what you have to do these days. Are you guys on video? No. Are we on video? Is that no. lesson number one? Yeah. <laughs> video. No, I don't think yeah. so. Unless you want to invest in video, I don't think yeah. it's that important. But we do have a YouTube presence in case we blow up and, and want to be uh, YouTubers <laughs> one day. The, 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 the red carpet. Yeah. But no, it takes a lot of prep. I mean, we are talking about six stories every single day, which means we have to prep, prepare for six stories. It takes many hours the night before, and we each get in uh, to the office at about 4.30 a.m. for a 6 a.m. taping just to... Read some more and, and because when you're talking about something compared to yeah. when you're writing about it, it's completely different. Do you, so do you rely? Investment banking might have been easier. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, I know. Better hours. Yeah. Better hours. That's right. You thought this oh, was shit. a cushy job that yeah, probably yeah, yeah, yeah. was, uh, turned out not to be. But, um, I'm interested in, you obviously have people that are giving you topic suggestions. Do you come up with ideas just from talking to your friends, from like, you know, getting, getting ideas from colleagues and. So, I mean, Neil has been in the news curation game now for, I mean, since the the incept of the brew, which was 2017. So he's kind of developed this power of sorting through the news cycle, figuring out what is going to be most relevant for the people listening, for the people reading, and kind of narrowing it down that way. So I would say that's one of your superpowers is news distillation. So it's definitely a collaborative process with like Neil, myself, and then other people on the team as well. But we get it down to, sometimes it's not narrowing down sometimes you're like all right there's not that much going on today it's the middle of december what the hell are we going to talk yeah. about so sometimes it's, it's, it's stretching it in order to find enough to talk well, about and, but. and and you have uh, expanded the web in my sense too because you talked about kind of distilling topics that are in the wall street journal but i know from looking at your uh podcast today i mean you talk about like the the report on like uh, plastic nanoparticles yeah. and like stuff getting it which is fascinating but it's like 
As, sit, as we sit here drinking bottled water. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I mean, it's mostly just figuring out what we think will be relevant to the people listening, yeah. always with a business lens on it. So we yeah. ended up talking about the international plastic water bottle uh, industry group, which of course there's an industry group for that. So we do always try to apply a business lens on stuff, but we do want to talk about and write about stuff that we think will impact people's everyday lives just so we remain relevant for them. Ironically, our water bottles are glass. <laughs> they are, they are, they are. And they're, they're only for guests, believe it or not. So, yeah. I, I took one because I was pretty excited to get some of our own water. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Well, we definitely rolled out the red carpet. So similar to uh, the, the newsletter, and um, Jay, I was going to bust my chops for not doing background on this, but um, how long are your daily podcasts? Are they supposed to be brief synopsis on things or do they go longer? Or? Well, yeah, they're supposed to be zippy, but we have Emily, our producer, in our ear saying, next topic, next topic. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. there's certain ones uh, that we could go on forever. I yeah. mean, we Tiger Woods. There was a Tiger Woods Nike. broke up with yeah. Nike recently. And did they I, break up or did they? It, it, was, it seemed mutual yeah. parting. Uh, see, here we are going on again about <laughs> it. But, I saw yeah. it pop up on CNBC yesterday and I'm like, is it him or them? It like, seems seems both. Yeah, yeah, Nike okay. doesn't want to seem to be in the golf business anymore. Yeah, uh, so yeah, we. I mean, there's certain topics where maybe we're a little more knowledgeable, a little more passionate, where we could probably go on forever and Emily has to keep the ship running. But yeah. we want to be 20, 25 minutes. You're on the subway, you're in your car going to, to work and we don't want to be like Joe Rogan, you know, four hours of just vamping yeah. about maybe nothing. Uh, yeah. We want to be super zippy. It's in Morning Brew's DNA ever since the newsletter started just to be super quick, yeah, no, it makes brief. Sense. Yeah. People don't have long attention spans anymore, so we want to get in, get out. Yeah, yeah that's what we try to do, but our shit gets pretty wonky. And um, well, people... it can get. I mean, yeah. we try, but we're definitely interested in expanding the, yeah. the universe and accessibility of Very our material. Good. When yeah. you say millions, how many listeners do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. the newsletter, yeah, the yeah. newsletter has uh, has four point three million subscribers. Wow. So it's a lot, and we have a yeah. big staff now. I don't. I just want to clarify: it's not just us. Uh, we have two editors, four writers who are doing this newsletter seven days a week. So it's it's kind of a big operation now. Uh, but newsletters are a great business. And that's why so many media companies have done this pivot to newsletters in the past couple of years where they're firing off so many because they're really good uh, monetization for ad placements. For direct response, you can click on an ad easily. They're very trackable, even better than podcasts. So you, you've got business. a big team. We've got Jake. Uh, <laughs> it's up, Jake. You know, we've like, yeah. <laughs> <With> Daisy too. <laughs> that's that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. We do it. We're we cool. do have good support as well. If you include but, us, that's fine. But you have to. I mean, you guys. Obviously, part of what makes it work is the personal rapport, and that's something that you can't you know, like invent. Um, and is that like evolved, or is it just uh, have you sort of um, evolved in the way that you interact with each other, um, whether you're on camera or not. Are you guys still still working on yours? I see uh, it's still I, in the uh, beginning stages. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, pretty much Ronan, like, abuses me, and I slap <laughs> Perfect, back and, yeah. and make yes, fun yeah. of his uh, accent. I'm so, getting yeah. that. I'm but, getting but, that. But, yeah. but we're readily aware of what we are. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I mean, yeah, we got lucky because... I mean, yeah, again, Neil hired me, but we ended up just becoming friends through working at the brew for a while. Um, and yeah, we remained friends even after I left the brew. So then when it came time to kind of do a read together, we we were just very comfortable with each other because we've, we've known each other for a while now. And I think what works too is that we're both just generally 
interested people. And so it's very easy to talk with someone else who is also interested. And if either one of us didn't have kind of that just natural intrigue with the stories we're talking about, I think it'd be a lot harder, especially to do this every dang day where you're going through six topics every day. Uh So I think that's what helps make it, make it work. Yeah. I won't name names, but sometimes it's hard when you talk to people and you got to fucking beat an answer out of them. And you're like, Oh my God, we got another 30 minutes to go. (laughs) Yeah. Don't say anything. We're not, not, yes, worried about that uh, with you guys. But I'm curious now um, that you are on camera on the the, doing the YouTube type. Does it ever happen now that you're like out somewhere at a restaurant or coffee shop or whatever? And somebody goes, oh, my God, it's the it's the brew dude. You'd be surprised, actually, because it's it's mostly Instagram because we post these clips, these reels of us kind of smaller clips from the show. And that has a pretty big reach. Sometimes those go uh, decently viral. And so it's been the gym, a few parties. There's been a few parties where after like the drinks flow a little bit, then someone <laughs> will come up and say, I love your podcast, man. I listen to you every day. So it has been, it's, it's above 10 times now in New York City, which is, which is pretty cool. Oh, um, that is every time. Well, top, Toby, uh, dyed his hair blonde earlier this summer. I so, noticed one of those. So, yeah. so that, that kind of makes him stand out a little bit more yeah, he, as he Toby, the morning brew guy. But yeah, we've been, uh, we've been like half dressed at the gym and some dude comes up. To <laughs> That's us. the weirdest at the gym when you're yeah. quite literally in a state of undress. And you go, yeah. Man, love the podcast. Like, like, do I don't this? have a free arm right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm going to give you the elbow. <laughs> right. Exactly. Step away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, we, we don't get that. Anymore. No, that, no, we definitely, wait, but wait, wait, yeah, wait. we aspire. Right? Com- this is going to be the launching yeah. pad. Industry conferences specific on wonky structure. People will tell you're us. You're celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they love us. They yeah. love us. Oh, that's classic. Do you have any other questions before? I <laughs> no, to, please. Go ahead. Right so go with it. He just, he gets very selfish. And <laughs> no, 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 no. Go with it. I mean, I mean it, it is a pretty insane workload then that, you, you know, you're doing the stories at night. You're getting up. You're getting into the office at 430. Mm-hmm. It's. I think it's one of those things we both liken it to you're like cramming for a test every yeah. single night because you have six topics that you got. Yeah. You can't just kind of know. You do have to know them to a certain degree that you can speak out loud. You can BS a little bit when you're writing. You can massage sentences here and there. But when you have to actually speak on a topic, you got to know it. So it's like cramming for a test every night. And then both of us do have kind of day jobs after the podcast ends because Technically, we could be done with our work day at 6.30 a.m. once we're done recording yeah, the pod. That's what I was going to ask. Did you go home and sleep? No, we have full other jobs yeah. as a brew. So wow. it is, it's a it's a big load. But, I mean, again, if you compare it to doing anything else, it's, it's, it's still... <laughs> anything else. Yeah, I know. Literally I, anything else. Yeah, again. Like working at a stock exchange. Yeah. Like working yeah, yeah. at a stock exchange. What yeah. should do that? Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. No, it's when you take a step back and you're you're in the day-to-day grind, you're like, this is really tough. And then you take a step back and you're like, all right, this is pretty fun. Like that, yeah. I got to talk with my friend in the morning and a lot of people listen to it about the news and we're educating people. I think we're helping people's lives. So if you just take a step back, uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's great, but it is pretty intense and I've come to appreciate the art of napping. Yeah. We do take naps. Yeah. Right around two or three rolls around. Oh, that's a, yeah. That's yeah. a great idea. You have like a room with cots or something and you go like, a, <laughs> we actually, used to sleep in the office, but yeah, uh, we yeah. kind of retire back to our own quarters, uh, quarters yeah, 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 for yeah. that, for the cool. nap time. So what, what kind of stories have you found resonate with both like the general audience and those more versed in business or finance? Cause I, I assume as you've graduated, there are quite a few business and finance people who use it, but 
more general also, right? Super interesting. I think in the early days of Morning Brew, very geared towards banking and finance people, we would talk about Wall Street gossip, Bill Ackman, what is Ray Dalio thinking, all the all those kind of things. Yeah. And then I think as the audience grew, the number of finance people or the share of finance people shrunk and the share of broader people who just wanted to know about what was going on in the world grew. So we found that when we talk about markets and ETFs and investing a little more wonkily, uh, it did not resonate as much. And now we've kind of pivoted to more general business news, how business is interacting with society, how business is interacting with the environment, politics, culture, things like that. And that seems to resonate a lot rather than just the wonky, like what companies IPOing it now. Right. That's what we got to do because we, <laughs> we, we, we might talk about ETFs, right? And ETFs, not because we're super smart people are just very standard well, things. We're pretty we smart. I mean, don't sell us short. <laughs> Honest. Yeah. And like yeah. before podcasts, we sell guests, you know, some, because believe it or not, more, some general people do listen to us. And um, I find that we try to explain things, but we don't explain it enough. So let's yeah. go higher level. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So, so speaking of one topic, and this is one that you talked about uh, this morning, I know uh, is the SEC finally, after, you know, many, many months um, of delay approved these Bitcoin uh, ETF That's called applications. a bridge, by the way. I it's, a, it's, it's a very, a very subtle thing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't yes. even notice it. Yeah, you thought we weren't pros? <laughs> Jesus. He's like, you were um, making sign language, Ronan. <laughs> Take it, John. <laughs> so Bitcoin ETF. So uh, this, yeah, this is a year. Guys, you're talking a little bit about this. Um, so basically a way for average ordinary investors uh, to be able to invest in Bitcoin in a way that uh, maybe um, is, is easier than they have been, making it more accessible. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a, you know, what are your thoughts generally about crypto and this particular development um, in terms of how younger people are viewing um, uh, crypto as, as part of the investment landscape? I think one step that some, I mean, guess for some background, like I've invested in crypto, not like crazy monkey profile pick, but just like since <laughs> right around when I entered college. That was 20, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2015, 2016. Yeah. Um, and so to me, I always thought like, why is the ETF such a big deal? Because Coinbase is so easy. Like you just, why can't you just buy it via Coinbase? Yeah. Why is yeah. that so hard? Yeah. But I do think that I've kind of become numb to the fact that Downloading Coinbase, setting up a wallet, buying Bitcoin directly is very intimidating for a large part of the population, young or old. It, it doesn't matter necessarily your age, just yeah. your familiarity with the space. And people are a lot more familiar with ETS, with just their brokerage accounts, with their retirement accounts yeah. and whatnot. So I do think it is a fairly big step, just seeing from the enthusiasm today, like it, it, it got approved and is trading for the first time today. So initially I was skeptical because I say, Again, just download Coinbase. It's right there for you. Yeah. But now I've come to realize that not everybody's in my shoes, and it is a big deal for them. Yeah. Right. Like even my old ass, I have some wallets and stuff like that. But like when when we talk to like the institutional trading community, like the hedge funds, mutual funds, they have very strict mandates on what they can and cannot purchase. Mm -hmm. And uh, having exposure to Bitcoin, most if not all of the non-crypto hedge funds could not, and now they can as of today. Interesting. Yeah, we should have probably touched on like the institutional yeah. investor right. angle. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe the regular people won't care as much, but yeah, those are the yeah. people handling your yeah. money, yeah. and they're the yeah. ones really buying ETFs, because I don't know if I went up to a bunch of my friends and say, hey, like, what ETF did you buy last week? No one would have any idea that yeah. what I'm talking about. Right. But the way we framed it this morning was, and you look in your 401k, you look in your retirement account, that is where you're going to see the ETFs. Yeah, and, and you're trusting them to make these kinds of decisions for you. I mean, part of it, I, I think that people, 
fine to provide this new avenue, um, but uh, people need to understand that it's still a relatively speculative investment. This is not so. Mm -hmm. It depends like you're not going to be putting all your retirement money into this thing. But if you're paying somebody to manage your money and they want to allocate some portion of it, then they can do that. But well, you like in our, in our space, right, and you deal with the SEC, they talk a lot about what does the retail trader and protect the retail trader and not that I don't give a shit about the retail trader, but he in the does. grand he gives a shit. I do give a shit officially. <laughs> I love you, Gary. But uh, like in the grand scheme of things, especially as you get older in life, your investments are really not you on your fidelity account mm-hmm. slinging around like Apple and right. stuff. It's it's more things like you're talking about, like ETFs. And if if those you know um, mutual funds that invest more of our money can uh, get exposure to crypto, to the extent that you like crypto, we think it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess talking to my, like my parents and my parents' friends, everyone goes, so what? Like, what's going on with Bitcoin? And again, those are not the people that are going to go through yeah. the steps of going through Coinbase. Yeah. But they, the word exposure is the one that always comes back. It's like they just want a little piece of it. They just, yes. they just right. in case. Yeah, just in case. Right, right. And so, like, <laughs> you never know. That conversation. In case we're all living in a spider hole. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Can't rely on dollars anymore. Uh, Bitcoin still had, hasn't really uh, defined itself. I still think in all of this, we're like, oh, the legitimization of Bitcoin. But I tried to make the point that I still don't think Bitcoin has lived to its uh, promise of really anything except maybe being a store yeah. of value. But for the average person, they're going to start paying attention. I don't think they're paying attention right now, the average person. But if Bitcoin, it's all about the price. Yeah. If Bitcoin yeah. price doubles from here, then yeah, the average person that you talk to who doesn't care about finance is going to start asking you questions oh, because yeah. there's money to be made. Yeah, but that's the weird thing because like a typical financial investment, a stock, um, obviously um, the price can be affected by speculation, but there's some kind of underlying sure. fundamentals that you can right. kind of analyze and look and, and decide whether the price is a good value or not. With Bitcoin, it seems to be driven by factors. No, their latest earning report was really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Forget about the halving. Yeah, the halving coming up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next topic. We will see. Yeah, let's go. We topic. Bridge, well, yeah. bridge into, uh, yes, bridge into AI, the yeah, other ooh. like cool topic. We're, we're on all buzzwords the, today. All yeah. the cool kids are doing yeah. AI. Um, and you also talked a little bit about this too, uh, this morning I thought was interesting, um, was, uh. I'm really impressed John listened to you guys. I, you today. know, it's, it's, I, we really appreciate your research. research. Yeah. So I have yeah, a job. I'm not just like. <laughs> <laughs> give, me, give me a break. So chat, uh, open AI, um, selling custom chatbots, uh, which sounds like either really interesting or kind of dystopian. So talk a little bit about that. What's that about? I don't think it's that dystopian. I think it is very interesting, though. So OpenAI released this chat, this GPT store, where instead of just offering chat GPT, which is what I call like a jack of all trades. It kind of can tell you a lot about a little bit about everything. These are very focused uh, chatbots trained on specific data sets that can just be more effective at doing if you have a specific task you want to do. So all trails is an app that finds you hiking trails. And so it, there's a specific custom GPT that's just all trails. There's one for Cod Academy that teaches you coding. So I think these are just, this is just kind of the fragmentation of chatbots into more specific ones that could be more useful. And what OpenAI wants to do is sell that $20 subscription to GPT+. Plus. So it's adding all of these features behind this $20 subscription. Uh-huh. And that's how it wants to make money. And it's operating it as a rev share instead of the typical app store where Apple's taking a cut. So it's paying out developers and creators of these custom GPTs, and it's hoping to incentivize them to, you know, add to the store and make it a, a thriving marketplace. Yeah, 
Neil kind of likened it to to YouTube in a way because that's how YouTube monetizes right, and pays right, its creators right. and yeah. it, it does a rev share agreement. It does seem like one of those things where, so we've got that, that first wave of large language models that came out that are jack of all trades, where I think people maybe are imagining a world where we just are all equipped with a better Siri, if you will, this kind of omniscient AI that can help yeah. you do a little bit of everything. But maybe this is open AI saying that maybe it's not this omniscient singular, uh, kind of chat bot that you're, you're interacting with. It's a bunch of niche specific ones to handle specific tasks, kind of like apps in the app store. Mm-hmm. So I do think this is them kind of playing both sides of it. They're developing this big omniscient one and then also these much more specific use case specific ones. Yes. So that's all this sounds like kind of an incremental advance in kind of the use of this. The dystopian piece is the fear that a lot of people have that not that you're going to like uh, the, the new tools that are going to be able to work for you, but they're going to replace you and make you their totally. bitch, right? So, Which <laughs> we, we actually spoke about two days ago, and we spoke about frequently on the show, is Duolingo, you know, the language yeah. training company. Yeah. They've been kind of slowly replacing their contract translators with a large language model, OpenAI, um, ChatGPT. And so that is like one of the more specific examples of literally a one-to-one AI is replacing humans example in the workforce, which is what we've been cautioned about. So we are seeing that happen and that will inevitably happen. Um, But then again, the AI job postings are increasing, you know, so there, I just want to put in a little historical context that technology has disrupted jobs before it's also created new jobs and uh it's caused a lot of anxiety in the past and as it is now so we don't really know how it's going to shake out yeah uh well and obviously remember back in your day when robots started building cars (laughs) yeah and and the scariest thing was 38 miles of of, uh, carbon pool go fuck yourself recently on a recent podcast he called me a aren't you gen a which i thought was like uh a Extremely plus. abusive. I was saying A is in A being good. Yeah, 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 right. That was it. Um, but, well, while I'm generalizing people, like when I introduced you guys, I introduced you, Neil, as the pianist, and, and you, Toby, as a soccer player. But, you know, I'm sure there's far more to your background than that. But I didn't see anything about coming up in the financial world. So did or, or you just learned on the job, like everything? Like what, We're just BSing just, everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great, because that's pretty much what we do. And it seems to have worked for us yeah, so far. To, to be honest, that, that is like bullshit your way through till you learn. But like, what challenges did you face like in covering finance and business? And, and yeah, I your pros. You weren't always pros. Right? Literally did not. Uh, I think my first exposure to business was The Apprentice. Oh I'm embarrassed to say that, but it's true. Oh, yeah. Wow! I was like, oh, this is uh-huh. a thing that people do that they create. They have these ideas and make businesses and have profit and revenue. And I was young. I didn't really understand business or ever thought about it. When I continued into college at the University of Maryland, still very much on the humanities track, I studied history. Uh, I always kind of made fun of my friends who were in business school because they didn't have, or I was jealous of them rather, because they didn't have class on Friday. So I thought it was kind of a joke. We, you know, I was like grinding away, reading these huge books. And I never thought I was going to get into the business world uh, until that LinkedIn post saying, hey, we want to, we, we need a writer for Morning Brew. And then I was like, hey, 
I think I could probably do but this. I, I mean, one of the reasons I really I like and respect you guys is you clearly understand and appreciate the importance of good writing, and which is something that um, I think people lose track of. I mean, appreciate. Yeah. Neil has hired a, a bunch of writers in his tenure, and he's had some with good business background, some with very little business background. Because yeah, you are right. Like clear communication is probably much more difficult to teach than the actual world of business. Yeah, yeah. and I think. Coming into, because yeah, we both didn't really have business backgrounds. Coming in, you can, one, get away with just being interested, like we, we've talked about. If you're interested in something, you can learn about it. But two, it's kind of helpful to apply business to a wider audience that isn't business focused because you can show how it touches every part of your lives or a much broader spectrum. It's not all just like earnings reports and, and really high finance that intimidates a lot of people. It can be something that affects a lot more people. And I think our backgrounds helps us speak to that audience more effectively. Well, sure. And, that, and that's a big part of your value. You got to take yourself out of the bubble. Of right. So totally. what I learned is that you get like, you know, too much um, sort of blinders on uh, sort of stuck in your lane. You can run the risk of getting to the point where you can't communicate um, important concepts. We have that discussion almost daily on like, is this a bubble? Like, do people yeah. actually care about this? A lot of it is inside baseball media stuff for us. We're like, how many, do people really care about like ESPN and like Pat McAfee and these, these tensions in the media world? Cause we're a little closer to that. So that is a sentence that we utter very frequently is like, is this just a bubble or, or do people actually care about this? Yeah. No, I think it's a, you're doing something right because you obviously have gotten um, traction with a lot of people. Teach us, dude. Teach us. Yeah. Has your involvement, I guess, in finance, has it, has it shifted your personal investment strategies? And I have to bust on you, Toby, because I, I believe this <laughs> one shared you accidentally purchased 40,000 shares of Sherwin Williams. 40,000 shares? Tell the story. What yeah. price okay. was it? Like, okay. What's yeah. going on? It was not, it wasn't 40,000 shares. It ended up being $40,000, though, that oh. I accidentally bought on margin i meant to buy 10 shares i bought 100 oh, shares uh -huh. and this oh, was see. this was in college see this and is I, the danger of self-traded i know it truly yeah. was and my my logic behind sherwin williams was like i don't know in spring is home improvement time I'm like oh yeah. what a great idea so i bought it then <laughs> and then i quickly like panicked like the my account said you do not have the funds to support this like they they <laughs> they shouldn't have allowed me to do the trade whatsoever so i immediately like, like sold most of it back if i had kept it though this was before the pandemic remember during the pandemic oh, yeah. home improvement mm, your thesis was oh, yeah. my thesis yeah. i was just too early and so if i held that like it truly would have been a, a nice little 10 bagger for me but yeah, yeah that's my uh fateful brush well, with, with well, margin you'll come to us next time before <laughs> yes, you please. make an investment yeah decision. yeah, yeah. yeah sure. I guess to the earlier part of your question, yeah. though, has our strategies traded? I think, I mean, we discuss it fairly often. We're like, we're talking about these stories. Like, what are we learning? What are the, what themes are we seeing? What theses are we developing? And we don't come up with too much. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's hard when you're in it daily. You, you can't see like the bigger picture. So I don't know if we've become better or worse, but we're certainly interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would think it'd be helpful. There's enough people on Wall Street full of shit and they speak right. with conviction about what you should do. And we know many of them. Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. Some of them we, are we in this room. Yeah. We love you all. Are they in the room with us right now? <laughs> they might be. Yeah. When people ask me what stuff to buy, I'm like, we, we trade them. We do not pick them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. But so looking ahead uh, for the, the remainder of the year, uh, are there uh, particular themes that you're thinking about or you're thinking that um, you're, you're going to be focusing? I mean, obviously, 
the election is coming up, and uh, right. you know that that's what maybe all all of us should be dreading that uh, one way or the other. But it's uh, obviously inter- politics intersects with everything else. So how are you thinking about that um, and other trends coming down the road? For sure, uh, I think the election is going to be be huge, not just in the United States but across the world. It's the world. It's the busiest election year in history. Four billion people are going to be voting. So mm-hmm. from here to Taiwan to India to Europe. It's just going to be a election year for the ages, and obviously that's going to impact business. So it'll be up to Toby and I to not really get into the horse race of the election of right. how is uh, Iowa going to vote, how is yeah, Michigan yeah. looking. But you know, it could be interesting to say like how how the unions are voting in Michigan relative like Biden's support of the UAW during its strike. How is that going to impact things? So stuff with a business lens in that vein could be super interesting for us. To, to dive into. What else do, what else are we looking at for this year? I know, just for the themes going forward. I mean, energy was one that we, we were talking about. It's just like, uh, yeah. what is going to go on with, yeah. with, just cause global trade is so messed up and just what's going on with the Houthi rebels and everything like that. So I, again, like we know what's happening, but then we're not really sure what the next step is. Like, what is the trade here? Yeah. Right. So yeah. we, we are aware of it, but we like to say we're not financial advisors on our show very frequently. So we never have to go that actual step. That's and always a safe statement. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> One thing we did talk about today was, um, the big snack versus big pharma showdown with Wagovi and Ozempic versus the Pepsi oh, Mondelez yeah. oh, in the world. Yeah. I think that is probably a little overblown. You have Morgan Stanley and us saying that this, you know, if 7% of the entire American population is going to be on one of these weight loss drugs, then it's going to lead to a 3% decline in uh, consumption of baked goods and salty snacks. I don't know, uh, but it, I do think, I mean, you <laughs> saw with like Novo Nordisk and Eli Lilly, I mean, these are just massive massive companies right now. And I do think that maybe these weight loss diabetes drugs, as more is learned about them, will be will be even more disruptive than we think now. Yeah. The the ripple effects of a lighter population are kind of insane when you start to think about it because yeah. there's been reports about the airline industry potentially saving millions of dollars on fuel costs because they're literally transported. <laughs> the average weight right. The average, so once you start And you're just, looking at me while you're saying that, so I, I think was, it's I rather was, insulting, but I, I was taking yeah, it. Really, yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck you, Toby. Dashing back and forth, yeah. But yeah, that's that's certainly uh, an interesting one. I think it's one. fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that is pretty cool. It it is. So I yeah, I mean you have but you have to you have to dig into this stuff in order to uncover these little tidbits, which is part of like it's the, the, job. the job. It's part of the job. Yeah, just yeah. read as much as possible. That, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> and nothing beats job. just like spending time reading because that's where you find out these yeah. these things. If right. you kind of just take your eyes off of Twitter, if you take your eyes off of the headlines for even a day, you're gonna miss some really interesting facts to share. Yeah. So and, it's kind of this doom cycle. It's and, our life. It's our life. And, and I assume that one of the recurring themes for people of your, you young whippersnappers, your generation, it should be for everybody, is sustainability and sure. uh, you know climate effects and all of that. You did uh, a bit uh, this morning, too, on kind of the snow drought, yeah. uh, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I mean, you can wake up every morning and either be very like scared and depressed about the future mm-hmm. or very optimistic and excited about like the problems that are being solved. And I mean, we tend to take a more optimistic lens. We just recorded an additional podcast today where we were kind of bullish or bearish on certain topics. And one of those topics were electric vehicles. Um, and we both generally came to there's we're long-term bullish on them, just given the involvement of the government subsidies yeah. and just the sheer amount of cars being created in China right now. So that's always something that 
we are are thinking about um and yeah i think i think in general we are we're, we're generally bullish on that we should talk more general man we're <laughs> we, we are, yeah. and I think, you know, we can People speak to the masses, and we're, yeah. There's we're, no way I'm reading at night and then doing it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, you, you do that. We're not you, taping at 6 a.m. You it's did your little detective work this yeah. morning. I, I, I had a quick question to, to help John out. Like, I, I'm told you do these podcast segments, right? Uh, Toby's Trends and Neil's Numbers. I've been trying to get him to do a Ramsey's Ramblings newsletter. <laughs> It's yeah. a good name. Yeah, you need, it yeah. needs to have alliteration. That's the only yeah, thing. You yeah, could write yeah. about anything. That's Absolutely. what I'm learning here. Yeah. Toby's trans, Neil's numbers. But like, what's your process for, so those are individual and like you guys own. Are, yeah. I, again, I haven't listened to them, but are they very different and how do you pick what you pick? We just want to create like a more interesting show and we feel like if we just run down the news from headline to headline to headline, yeah. uh, it might get a little monotonous in yeah. terms of format. So, I mean, we grew up watching Sports Center and various sports shows that had these different sections. Segments yeah. like okay. Sports Center top ten. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for that to happen, and I'm going to see the top ten plays. So that's just maybe one example of certain segment or the segmentization of a show where you get people interested in, in hearing a particular segment, um, and it's really just a vehicle for delivering news. Okay. It's that's kind of the the point. It's like we're going to share this information, but maybe we can package it in an interesting way that gets people excited more than if we just said it like another headline. And so, yeah, we went the alliteration route. Uh, Neil's numbers is about like just different stat. People love knowing just okay. numbers and stats because uh, they want to have fun conversations with do people. Do you do one every podcast? or No, it's weekly. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, Neil's numbers is on Thursday. Toby's Trends is on Tuesday. So <laughs> big alliteration there. I uh, think it also they – Generally, Tuesday, yeah, they they reflect our personalities as well. Toby's trends is supposed to be a more like internet-y culture thing. I kind of play up the fact that I'm Gen Z and Neil is is a millennial, so I'll say like what the youth are talking about and the grizzled millennials want to know about. Uh, so yeah. we'll kind of play into some of our our kind of roles within the podcast, these these mini personality things. Um, See, yeah, Ronan, we're, Ronan does that too, but in a more brutal kind yeah. of uh, well, we're both abusive old. You're way. just older than me. As long as you alliterate, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you can get away with calling yeah. him anything. Ramsey's yeah. rambling. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Here he goes again. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So you do well, you you do this podcast yourself, but I but I also know, because um, I've done the research, that you, you do interview other people as well sometimes. Right. Um, so that's like that's a whole different thing. How do you figure out uh, what guests are going to interview? I'm sure you have this. Um, I mean, we've had the experience, too. You can tell within the first two minutes whether somebody's going to be like a, an engaging yeah. fun guest. Well, whoever does your booking, exceptional job. Exceptional job. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. There you go. We, Shout out Daisy. Yeah. yeah. We bring in guests on holidays, um, company holidays, when we're not in the office, we pre-record. So we always have content going out, even on holidays. And we've figured out that it's easy to just book someone for an interview. And we've actually tried to semi-align the the person we're interviewing with the, the time of the year that we're doing. So uh -huh. our most recent one was with James Clear, who's the author of Atomic Habits, a big self-help, how you set habits, how you set goals person. Yeah. We released that episode on January 1st. And that episode inevitably did really well just by SEO. People are Googling, like, how do I set goals? Yeah, and our, yeah, exactly. and our exactly. podcast episode comes up. He was incredible. We did well, too. In terms that of interview, life. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it's a Nailed good well. Nailed it. <laughs> that, yeah, thank you. We did well. James <laughs> did well. It was a perfect fit. Yeah, so I think we want to... We don't have plans to, you know, do a ton of interviews, but when we do them, I think that's a good model to have where we have a really interesting guest and it really hit the sweet spot in terms of topic matter. Yeah. 
Great. Well, and, you know, Ronan and I are also available for, uh, you know, bookings. We'll have our booking agent reach out to your booking agent. Quick pro quo. Yeah, no, um, so when we're thinking of segments, we, we used to have a segment on our podcast where at the end of every show, we'd ask the guests what their favorite Wall Street movie was, is, mm-hmm, and why. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then that got a little long in the twos. People thought it was a lot like of people tired, said the same thing. How many were there? How many are there? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, more than you might think. Um, and sometimes people well, came people up with very out, creative like, answers. Ones that, like, like some people came up with like a few people named American Psycho, which I thought was a bit of a stretch, <laughs> yeah. but also. Great uh, movie, though. Yeah. The, the people who think that's an aspirational movie are not the people you want <laughs> no, to be hanging no, out no, with probably necessarily. Not. you wouldn't yeah, believe how many people said the Wolf of Wall Street I do yeah, yeah. I have American Psychos I have his uh, skincare routine though so if I'm looking good then you know it's, it's the face mask yeah. it is cool the the proliferation of business focused TV shows I mean industry on yeah, HBO which I actually haven't watched but everyone says it's great good, yeah. Succession I mean Succession managed to, tr- managed to make corporate governance and board meetings into this dramatic event where everyone's like, I can't wait for the next episode where they have the board meeting. And I don't think anyone yeah. has ever said that. Well, oddly enough, and you started off in a WeWork space. I yeah. know they filmed an episode of the We Crashed uh, show here in our offices. Here. Oh, really? That's yeah, very yeah. cool. Yeah, Morning yeah. Brew, uh, our first office was in a WeWork at 85 Broad. Just down the road from here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Neil's getting all nostalgic. I was getting all nostalgic. From when we came in the office, I was like, man, three for three years, I... I commuted to this uh, this uh, this train station and then went to the office. We were came after us when we uh, were founded. We were in like a windowless conference room. Yeah, we paid a monthly rate on and had to bring our own coffee. And then we saw we we work was you know besides the fact that it's not doing great financially was a fantastic setup. So yes. so great. We met yeah. a lot of yeah. uh, other great people. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, did you drink the beer?" Like there was so much alcohol and I was like, <laughs> "No, nah, man, we were like we were working till midnight like yeah. we were trying to churn out this newsletter uh so we didn't really avail ourselves of all of the fun stuff because we were just grinding hard to make sure yeah, this company would, stayed we alive. We definitely never drink on company offices here. <laughs> we have a bunch um, of kegs, as you might have seen on your way in. <laughs> we sampled. We liquidity. Sampled yeah. liquidity. Yeah. The liquidity uh-huh. lager. It's tasty, but you uh-huh. can't drink before the market closes at four. That's that's the rule. Oh, was that right? Is that the rule? John was not aware of that one. Jesus Christ. It's mm. five o'clock somewhere. So right. you're but we don't do that question anymore. We do have a closing question for you, though, because it's just, it's our shtick. It's our, it's our segment. Yeah. Ramsey's Ramblings. If you could turn an everyday object into a form of currency, what <laughs> object would you choose and why? Neil had a great answer to this. I'm well, don't, don't raise expectations. I'm yeah. <laughs> I was thinking a football. Because what's more fun than just tossing a football around? Like, that is just my childhood. I love doing that. So if I could just make a transaction and just like, like and just like go up to the guy at 7 Eleven and be like, yo, man, like, I want a taquito. <laughs> like, and then we just start tossing the ball. That sounds super fun. And then different balls are different denominations of, uh, of banknotes. So, you know, maybe the $1 maybe bill. Maybe like a Nerf ball. Would right. Be like that, a, yeah, yeah. That's Nerf for international like a... transactions because those <laughs> things go forever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah, and then each country could have its own ball. Like India would have a cricket ball or something like that. Yeah, so you carry great. big sacks on your back right. to buy a copy. It's not right. practical, yeah, yeah. but it might teach you yeah. what the value of money actually is. Yeah. yeah. And then we're also thinking the higher the bills go, the heavier the ball gets. Yeah. So $100 bill, you're tossing a medicine 
medicine ball at the at the cashier. Like, well, hey, can you break you, this? Yeah. You took a really goofy question and came up with a very creative answer. We were discussing. Well, tell me, what's well, well, right. your answer? I don't actually. I thought we were just scaling it up into. Oh, like, it's a combined share. answer. Yeah, we, we combined it. Yeah. <laughs> another another concept uh, answer that we were playing with was something very delicate, like a egg. You know, balancing on a spoon, and that would kind of teach you to be conservative oh, with your money yeah. and it's not yeah. so easy to give it up so something just like a little more fragile or delicate yeah. Yeah. just so, so because right now it. when you can just swipe something and if you're yeah. making it rain are you throwing eggs at people i yeah. don't think yeah. it works if you if you take yeah. it to vegas yeah. or the- teach people not to buy sherwin williams i'm buying eggs on the market mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well thank you very much guys for joining us today we appreciate it you certainly are professionals no one's ever put thought into <laughs> an, a question like that you were both yeah. professional and very entertaining and engaging and fun to talk with and and uh, all our listeners please listen to their podcast yeah <laughs> come on over we'll take yes. you we feel you Just guys breathing down our neck yeah. <laughs> <on the laughs> yeah. Yeah. this is going to be our launching pad so we'll uh let's we'll take this to video john <laughs> then we're we really look back to this moment you guys got a voice for radio yeah, yeah you guys are hilarious <laughs> i really appreciate radio. it it's been it's been yeah. fun thanks for inviding us yeah. cheers over and out over are you a diehard boxer or liner, or just a fair weather fan? No judgments, I know how annoying JR's Irish accent can be. Either way, we want to hear from you on our new Boxes and Lines listener survey to find out what you think about the show, give input on future episodes, guests, and more. We'll take it back to our survey counter thingy machine and consider all of your inputs as we plan our 2024 season. You can find the survey at iex.getfeedback.com slash boxesandlines. And don't worry, there's something in it for you. That's my drum roll. JR could probably do it better. You get a pair of socks. That's right. Take the survey. We'll send you a pair of our coveted box and line socks while supplies last in a new limited edition print. How's that for listener appreciation? So take the survey, tell us what you think, and thanks for listening. Again, that's iex.getfeedback.com slash boxes and lines over and out. Boxes and Lines is a podcast from IEX Exchange. It is hosted by Ronan Ryan and John Ramsey. Executive produced by Daisy Clace with support from Benstown. For more information and to hear more episodes, go to iexexchange.io slash podcast. Thank you for listening to Boxes and Lines. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational and educational purposes only, and IEX Group Incorporated and its affiliates do not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. Nothing in this podcast constitutes a solicitation or offer to buy or sell any securities or provide any investment advice or service. Some portions of the preceding conversation may have been edited for length or clarity. Copyright IEX Group Incorporated, all rights reserved. <laughs>